he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Welcome uh, this morning to our service. I'm grateful that you've gathered online. Uh, just one quick announcement before I pray and we'll get started with this morning's message. Uh, please continue to watch online. Uh, email or uh, Facebook for uh, the announcement about when we'll gather again. Hopefully that will be sooner than later. Uh, the deacons and I will meet uh, relatively quickly again to have that conversation when to gather so we can gather again uh, safely and wisely. Uh, let me go uh, before the Lord in prayer and get our hearts ready for this text this morning. Let us pray together. God, we are grateful for the opportunity to come and to worship you. Although we would much rather be in the presence of one another, we know that we're in your presence and you are in our presence. And so we're grateful for that. Holy Spirit, I pray now that you would lead us and guide us and open our hearts uh, to the scriptures, to this inerrant holy word that is infallible, inerrant and inspired by you. So, God, do what only you can do with your word, and that's to bring us sanctification, justification, and one day glorification. In essence, our salvation, God. So lead us, guide us as we look at this passage of Scripture. I pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Well, this morning is our first uh, Sunday of the new year, so happy new year. Uh, grateful to get to do this uh, with you this morning. We will continue our series in Genesis. Uh, next week, we'll come back. Hopefully, we'll finish sometime this spring uh, the book of Genesis. But this morning, I wanted to talk to us about uh, preparing our hearts for the new year. 
as I do every year. This is a State of the Union uh, for us heading into 2021. And as I've been praying and thinking about what passage to bring to us, uh, I felt like the Lord laid this on to my heart. And not just this passage, but what this passage tells us. My, my hope and my uh, prayer for us is that this year, 2021, would be a year that we would uh, seek the Lord in prayer. We'll be talking about prayer uh, on Wednesday nights. Um, there's a book uh, that you uh, can order. It's called Praying the Bible. It's by Donald Whitney. Um, so look that up. If you need a copy, let us know. We'll get copies that you'll be able to pick up. But we're going to look this, this year on Wednesday nights uh, for at least the first half of the year through just prayer. What would it look like for us to be a body, a church that would pray to the Lord and learn to pray and uh, devote ourselves to prayer? We see that in this passage. We see uh, the, the psalmist, uh, many scholars believe it's Moses that wrote this psalm, and he's praying to the Lord. He's making three things that we'll see. He's making a profession. He's making uh, a profession about protection. And, and then lastly, he'll see that we'll see that there is this place of promise uh, that we see in this passage. Um, before I get there, I want to kind of lay the landscape of where we're at in the psalm. Is we'll open our eyes to see what the psalmist is talking about. In Psalm 88 through 90, you, you can read this place that the psalmist is crying out to the Lord. He's crying and he's petitioning to the Lord. And over and over again as he cries out, he's asked the Lord why he is silent, why he's not speaking to him, why he isn't showing up in the midst of his prayers. He's not showing up in the midst of his life. And maybe for you, maybe for us as a church, that's what 2020 felt like. We cried out to the Lord over and over again. And it seemed like as the year progressed, we looked even last week, as the year progressed, it seemed like the year just got worse and worse and worse. Now, there's no promise that 2021 will be any different. Just because we woke up a few nights ago and the, the clock struck midnight and the new year fell upon us, there is no promise that this year will be much different. Even in a few days, we will see again what will happen with uh, having a new president and all that that entails. And even now, as you've been seeing the news, there's a new strand of the COVID virus. And so, again, there's no promise. The only promise we have is that God will be with us in our tribulation. We know that to be true. But here this morning, I want to look at what can we hold to? What is our profession this morning? Where will we find our protection and what are the promises that we will hold on to this morning? So let us jump into Psalm chapter 91. The Lord has been quiet. The Lord has not been answering the psalmist's prayer. But here all of a sudden, the, the psalmist will get an answer to his prayer. It comes at the, the last three verses, 14, 15, and 16. But again, you see the wrestling of the, the psalmist as he says these things. Let me read verses 1 and 2. And I want to look at a few things in this few, uh, these two verses. It says this, this is the psalmist's prayer. He says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The first thing that we see is this profession or this confession. 
The psalmist says this. Moses says this. The profession will start with this. We must dwell and we must abide in the Lord. Not just the presence of the Lord, but in the Lord. The psalmist uses that word dwell, abide. It means to remain fast or to sit in, to dwell in, to not be moved. It means that I would sit here and wait patiently with the Lord. I will be in the Lord. Jesus uses the Greek word abide. If you read the Gospel of John, in John 15, he talks about abiding. Will we abide in the Lord? You see, I think that's where we must start. We must start our lives abiding in the Lord this morning. And so is your life and is is my life marked with Dwelling in the Lord. Abiding in the Lord. Are we sitting with the Lord? Do you dwell with the Lord? Do you abide with the Lord? He says this is what happens. The profession or the confession. When we dwell, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, then they can say these things. Eight things we see the psalmist talk about his profession when he abides. He says, I'm going to abide in this. These four things are where I'm going to find my protection. He says in verse 1, he says, to dwell where? In the shelter and to abide in what? The shadow. The first verse he talks about his profession or his confession is he will find shelter in the Lord. He will find his refuge in the Lord. He will find his fortress in the Lord in verse 2. But let's look first at what does it, the word shelter mean? He who dwells in the shelter of the Lord. The word shelter there carries the idea of a hidden compartment. It's like this idea of uh, this hidden place, this secret place. That he who dwells in the secret place with the Lord. Corey Tin Boone talks about in her book, The Secret Place. There's this secret place that she would hide the Jews from the, the Nazis for protection. So, my first question to you do you find shelter in your dwelling with the Lord? The second thing that he says he finds protection is, is in the, the shadow of what? The Almighty. Th- that word shadow means this. It has. It, it has this understanding, what we'll see in verse 4. The shadow is where it's a mother hen that's guarding or protecting her, her chicks. That the shadow of her wings will protect them. It's an idea of protection. The first place, the shelter, is this hiding place, this secret place. The second is this place of protection. Then verse 2, it says, He makes this declaration, this profession that God is two things. He is his fortress and his refuge. Again, the word refuge here means a place of protection from danger. The next thing he says is that God will be his fortress. The word fortress comes from this idea in um, the Jewish culture or in Jewish history. There was this fortress up on top of a hill. And that they took refuge, they took this place of 
refuge or this built this fortress from their enemies that the enemies had to come up the mountain to uh, to capture them. And if you know anything uh, about uh, military to go up a hill, you have a better vantage point uh, of the territory on top of a hill. And so this psalmist is saying, I will take refuge in my fortress with the Lord. And so the first profession is this place of protection. He will be his shelter. He will hide in the shadow of his wings. He will be his refuge. He will be his fortress. But then the psalmist says this. These places of protection come from who God is. The character of God. You see, the psalmist understands that he has no shelter. He has no shadow. He has no refuge. And he has no fortress apart from God and God alone. And so he makes this profession about who God is. He uses four different names of God in this, these two verses. He says, I'll find my protection, or I'll find my refuge, or I'll find my shelter, or I'll find my fortress in these four places. First is the Word. In verse 1, the Most High. Elion is the name of God, God most high. What he's saying is there are no other gods above him. He is the highest of all gods. There is no other God above him. He is the Lord most high. The next place he says, I'll find my refuge is in El Shaddai, the Almighty. Not only is God the highest of all gods, he is the all-powerful God, the almighty God, or another way to put it is the sovereign God. He is in control of all things. So the psalmist knows that God is in control of all things, as he'll see in the next 3 through 13. God is in control of all that's happened in 2020. He will be in control of all that is going to happen in 2021. He is the almighty The next is this. Not only is he the most high, not only is he El Shaddai, the almighty, the powerful one, the sovereign one, but he is also what Yahweh, he tells us in verse 2. I will say to the Lord, that word Yahweh means, and we've said this before as we've studied Genesis, the covenantal keeping God, the relational God. Not only is he sovereign over all things not only is he the most high of all things but he has a personal relationship with his people so the psalmist knows he is a personal god that wants to protect him and then he says lastly who god is he is my god in whom i trust elohim my god And so this morning is our profession this. God is most high. God is sovereign. God is relational. And God is our God or our treasure. Because when he is those things and we dwell in him as the Lord Almighty, as the Lord most high, as the covenantal relational God and our God, then we will find our shelter. We will be protected by his wings and his shadow. He will be our refuge and he will be our fortress. 
And so my question to you and to me this morning as the first way of application in our profession, do you dwell in the presence of God? Do you abide in Him? And as Jesus tells us in John 15, does He abide in you? You see, the rest of the text will not make sense. It will not be true for us if we do not abide in the Lord. Charles Spurgeon, I won't directly quote him, but he, when he wrote a sermon on this text, he said this, and this is not in quotes, but he talked about the believer, you and I, how often so many believers don't take this promise and we don't hold on to this promise or we don't get to live in this promise. We don't get to live in the promise that God is our shelter, that God is our protection, that God is our refuge, that God is our fortress. And he says because so many believers don't dwell in the presence of the Lord. You see, yes, God is all those things. But we, the believer, must do our part in dwelling and abiding in the Lord. My hope and my prayer for you, my hope and my prayer for me, my hope and my prayer for us, the church, is that this year we would be a church that abides in the Lord. That we would dwell in the presence of the Lord. I believe first and foremost the way that we do that will be through prayer. That is the way that we get to abide with the Lord. You see, one of the things that we'll learn this, this spring as we read this book and we look at God's Word, all the prayers that we need come straight out of God's Word. If you say this morning you struggle with dwelling with God or abiding with God, then all we simply have to do is take God's Word and begin to pray God's word back to him. We have all the words for prayer in this book. Will we, this spring, this fall, this year, 2021, abide and dwell with the Lord? He goes on to say this. He says, when I abide in the Lord and I make my profession in the Lord, then I will find my protection. You see, to have shelter, to be in the shadow of his wings, to find refuge and to find a fortress, that will bring us protection. Now, so many people have taken these next few verses way out of context. Yes, just when we abide in the Lord or dwell in the Lord, that doesn't necessarily mean that he'll protect us from everything on this side of eternity. We've seen that. We'll continue to see that. We can't take these verses and claim them always to be true in this moment. But what we can say is that these verses are true for us for all of eternity. As I said last week, and I'll say it again, there will be tribulation. But as we're going to see in a moment in the application, God is with us in our tribulation. And so no, this text, verses 3 through 13, don't simply mean here. They can mean here. God is sovereign in control of all things. If he wants to protect us from all those things, he can and he will. 
But just like what uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said in, in the book of Daniel, even if God doesn't do it, we know that he can. But it's up to him if he will. But we will still serve God regardless. I pray that would be true for us this morning. Now look at the way that the Lord will protect us. Verse after verse after verse after verse. You'll see many times these two little words. He will, he will, he will, he will. Or another way he says it is, you will, you will, you will. Meaning God will or, or, or we will. That, that's the, the combination of the two. And so let's look at all the ways that God will protect us. He says in verse 3, God will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you. With his wings we will find refuge. He will be our shield and our buckler through his faithfulness. So already in verses 3 and 4, we, we see these things. God will deliver us. God will protect us. God will cover us. And God in his faithfulness will be our shield and our buckler. What does it mean that God will be our shield and our buckler? The word shield means this, a full armor, a total covering. That God in his faithfulness will totally cover us. He is our shield. And then it says the buckler. What does that mean? It means a small shield, one that you would hold on your arm, that we would be fully protected and then have an extra covering with a shield. Now what we can say is this, what will he shield us from? It says in verse 6, he will shield us from our fear, the terrors of the night, the errors of the day, the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or the destruction that wastes away at noontime. He'll protect us from falling. And so what, what the psalmist is talking about is not necessarily on this side of eternity. When we dwell in God's presence and God's presence dwells with us, we have the assurance of the protection for all of eternity that God will be our protector from his own wrath and from the snares of the evil one. We can be sure of that this morning. He goes on to say, you will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. He says this, because you have made the Lord your dwelling, the Most High who is your refuge, no evil shall be allowed to fall befall you. No plague come near you or your tent. Have we made God our dwelling place? And then he says this in verses 11, 12, and 13. For he will command his angel concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. You see, when we make God our dwelling place, he will command his angels to protect us. It's a fascinating place. This is the one place in all of Scripture that Satan uses in uh, the temptation of Jesus. The one place that we see Satan use Scripture. No other place do we see Satan take God's word to use it against anybody or anything. He uses it in the, 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 the desert when God is uh, allowing Christ to be tempted. 
says, you will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. It says, on their hands, they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You see, what Satan is doing is trying to use the word of God to manipulate it, to tempt Jesus to go against God's will. You see, that's not the purpose of this verse. That wasn't the purpose uh, when the psalmist wrote it. That wasn't the purpose for Christ. What Christ knew was he had to be obedient to God, no matter what Satan threw against him, he was to be obedient. He goes on to say this is how he'll protect us. You will tread on the lion and on the adder, the young lion, the serpent, you will trample underfoot. Again, over and over and over, we see the Lord's protection. But the key verse in the Lord's protection is in verse 9. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is your refuge. And I would ask this question in a way of application today. Have you experienced the protection of the Lord? As you sit back and you think of 2020, can you see all the ways that the Lord protected you? Maybe you have not felt the Lord's protection. Then I would say to you, has God been your dwelling place? Because God's protection is with those who dwell in the presence of the Lord. And then the psalmist changes and writes from the Lord himself. These are the words of the Lord, not the words of the psalmist. He says this, because he holds me fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now the psalmist hears the promises of the Lord. There's four promises that the Lord makes to those who dwell with him. The first promise is this. We see it. He will deliver us. If we hold fast to him in love, if we dwell with him, he will deliver you. Again, whatever you're going through, this is not the end. God's deliverance will come for us. He will deliver us from this life and into the life of salvation or eternity. We believe in God's promises of his deliverance. The second thing is this. Not only will he deliver us, but he will what? Protect us. Or he will watch over us. The same way that a father watches over his son, the Lord protects those he loves. We see that he delivers us. We see that he protects us. And then it says this. He gets way more personal with us. 
He says this. When he calls to me, I will answer him. Two things we see. God hears you and God answers you. That is a promise from the Lord. Every prayer, every petition, every request that we make known to God, he hears us. All that we pray to him, he will hear us. And the promise is not only does he hear us, but he'll answer us. Now his answers may not be what we were hoping for. But every prayer request you bring to God, he will answer. So we trust and believe that this morning. So we see that he delivers us. We see that he protects us. We see that he hears and answers us. And then we can be sure of this. He says this, I will be with him in trouble. God is always with us. That's what we spent all of December talking about, Emmanuel, God being with us. We have the promise that God is not far. He is right beside us. He is our nearness. We have God's presence with us. Not only do we see that he has his presence. Not only do we see that he hears us and answers us. Not only do we see that he protects us. Not only do we see that he delivers us, but now we will see he rescues us. And in rescuing us, he brings us salvation. I will rescue him and honor him with what? With long life. And I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. God saves us from our danger. So this morning, do we believe that God does deliver us? Do we believe that God protects us? Do we believe that God hears and answers us? Do we believe in the presence of God? And do we have his salvation? You see, it's only for those who dwell in the presence of the Lord that will have salvation. If you have salvation, then you will have his salvation deliverance. You will have his protection. You will know he hears and answers your prayer and you will experience his presence. But if you do not have his salvation, then you will continue to be lost and go through tribulation alone and there is great destruction coming for you. And so I would ask this question. Have you experienced the salvation of the Lord today. Has he redeemed you from the pit of hell today? You see, for us, we must find our dwelling in God. It's through our finding our dwelling with God that we have salvation. Do you dwell and do you abide in the presence of God today? You see, Have you made that same profession that the psalmist made? Do you believe in the protection of the Lord? And do you hold fast to the promises that God offers us? Again, those promises are His salvation. Because of His salvation, we have His presence with us. Because of His salvation, He hears and answers our prayer. 
Because of his salvation, he protects us and he delivers us. May we find our dwelling in the Lord. May we go to the Lord in prayer asking for his salvation, asking for his presence, pleading that he would hear us and answer us, pleading that he will protect us, and pleading that he will deliver us. Let us dwell in the presence of God today and all the days that he gives us. So again, are you dwelling with God? God, I pray this passage would be true for me, be true for everyone listening, be true for us here at Powell's Chapel. God, I pray that 2021 would be a year that we, Powell's Chapel, would dwell in your presence. God, that you would convict our hearts. You would encourage our hearts. And you would move our hearts to dwell with you. May we be a church that dwells in praise to you, the Almighty. God, I pray that you would do great things this year. In our lives and in this church. I pray, God, that we be dependent on you. And our dependence would be revealed in our prayer life. So in my own life, God, I pray that you would help me dwell with you. In a way this year that I haven't experienced. In all the years that I've walked with you and you with me. I pray that for your people. Do a great work in us. And then do a great work through us. Let us well with you and you with us. I pray this in the mighty name of Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm going to read this morning's benediction to us. Where shall I go from, the, from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Grace and peace to you this morning. Again, be looking out online for um, the announcement of when we'll be able to gather again. Grace and peace.